to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast with your host, Andy Plymer. Bringing you up-to-date coaching concepts from the world of rugby. Sharing ideas to make the game better. Welcome to episode number 84 of the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. I'm your host, Andy Plymer, and joining me today is Stuart Edwards. Stuart is based in Edinburgh and is the attack coach for Scotland U18. He is also head of rugby at Stuart's Melville College, who won the 2019 Scottish Schools Cup. He is still an active player with Heriots in the Super 6 and is enjoying being coached as a way to develop his own philosophy. It's a pleasure to have him on the show, so welcome, Stuart. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. So you're you're still running around, still got the boots on, mate. What's uh, when did you start, and uh, what, what's happening now? Where you at now? Yeah, I uh, I'm still running around, um, not very fast, but <laughs> I'm, I'm still ticking along. Uh, I I'm only 28, but I uh, I've probably been around the kind of club game in Scotland for about 10 years now. Yeah, um, since I finished school, and I've been lucky to have. You know, a lot of really positive experiences throughout that. Um, I started a small club called Alawa Rugby Club. Um, it's a small town outside Stirling. Um, played there with a lot of my good mates from the age of five. Um, moved from there to Stirling County, which is kind of the big local club, who you know were renowned for their youth system as a, you know, as, a as a kid. So it attracted a lot of boys around the area. Um, had a lot of success there as, as a club. You know, we, we had some pretty good boys going through that system at the time. Yeah. Um, and also was was a year below me, and he, he was the kind of the, the kind of star of the show, if you like. We yeah. were through the, the age routes, and we had, we had a pretty successful time there. Um, moved into the senior um, squads at Stirling, and then uh, moved from there to Heriot's uh, in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. which. Um, that kind of tied in closer with getting my job at Stuart's Melville, which is also in Edinburgh. Um, and then more recently, since the development of Super 6, I've played in the first season of that, which has been really, really interesting, really challenging. Um, and been, between those, those years, I had a couple of years in Canada um, at Sarnia Saints and yeah. Osher Vikings. And was lucky enough to play age grade stuff for Scotland at 18s, 19s, and 20s. So um, I've had a pretty good run at it. Um, I'm starting to feel, feel like it's coming to the end a little bit, but uh, it's, it's still it's still a really enjoyable part of my life and something I, I really value the friendships I've, I've made within it. Yeah, for sure. Well, you're only 28, mate. I stopped playing when I was 40, so yeah, you got 12 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Well, I think a bit, a bit of that stuff or social stuff might take me on. Yeah, moment, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah Oshawa too. Uh, they got a great clubhouse and a really nice field too. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're a great club. Um, I've, I, I go back across pretty much every year. Yeah, um, you know, I've I've been to some of the boys' weddings. Uh, still keep in touch with the guys that I made friends with over there, and that's been the biggest. One of the biggest um, highlights of my playing career is over there. Um, you know, just a completely new people, uh, new teammates, and just a different approach to the game as well. Uh, and playing in the sunshine was nice as well, you know, which, uh, which is a, 
doesn't happen very often over here. Yeah, yeah, definitely not in rugby season for sure. Cool. Well, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm really interested in the the Super Six. It's it's only been it's only a couple of years old now, and um, what how how is that, and how how's that set up, and how's that being used as a as a means of, of player development and and identification for for yeah. for the pathway. So I mean, ultimately, it's a it's a process that's been put in place to try and bridge the gap between club rugby and pro rugby. Yeah. Um, because of the fact that we've only got two pro teams here in Scotland, mm. um, with Edinburgh and Glasgow, the next level down from that would be the Premiership. Um, well, traditionally it was the Premiership. So mm. SRU took the, took the movement to move towards six franchises um, that were semi-pro um, in the way they operate. The six franchises were selected from the clubs that would apply um, around the country. Um, and Heriot's, thankfully, were one of those clubs Um Really, it's, it's trying to integrate the, the academy players that are coming through the atrium system into club rugby. Yeah. Um, there's, there's five stage three academy players, which is the kind of top level of the academy in each of the, each of the clubs. Right. Um, so 30, 30 boys scattered across the league. Um, but there's also a, a, you know, a, a group of older guys like myself who've been around are just kind of there for experience or to... I think and feel longer term they have to bridge some gaps until the mm. the next crop come through and then eventually the guys that have been in club rugby for a while are playing more amateur stuff and it's it's a, a league that is there to develop future professionals. Yeah, no, it sounds pretty cool and I like it. I think that you know you hear about that a lot. That one of the one of the things the drawbacks for academy athletes is they they do so much training and very little playing. So this looks like a a good way to. To, to get their, their playing uh, hours up. Yeah, it's great. It's, it, it's giving guys a chance to come in and, and be exposed to a, a level that they've not been exposed to before. Mm. It, it certainly bridges a gap for the guys that are going on to play Scotland under-20s. Um, our, our 20s this year have had a pretty successful year. They've had some highs and lows, but you know the, the, the Six Nations finished up with a really, really convincing win against Wales away. Um, and a lot of those guys... I've played in the Super Six this year, um, and I think that's a, a big factor in, in their development. So yeah. it's exciting, and I think it's going to it's going to keep moving forward. Um, but after we see, yeah. How do you enjoy uh, playing against uh, guys that you coach? Yeah, uh, that's weird, mate. It's really <laughs> weird. Um, it's actually it's also uh, it's also guys that have that have, that have taught at school as well. Yeah, I've, got, I've done the same. Got, yeah, two guys on my team that. Are, that I, uh, that, I, that I teach at school and actually this year our, our school school captain um, Duncan Hood who's still still in school he played for us uh, he's the youngest youngest ever player to play Super 6 at 17 uh, and I, it's just it's, it's great and it's it's really it's really exciting but it is a little bit weird yeah no totally get it yeah I've done it a number of times and uh, yeah it's fun, but yeah, like you say, it's weird. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, good one. Yeah. Well, in, in the intro, it was, uh, it was quite interesting that you're 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 now using your playing as a way of developing your own personal coaching philosophy. I, I think that's really cool because I didn't actually want to be a coach when I was playing uh, until probably into my early thirties. So by then, I I you know I missed out on a few uh, really good coaches to learn from and I was just basing it on memory. Um, I really like that that uh, attack that you're doing, that you're, you're using this time to, to build your own coaching philosophy. How, how are you going about that and what, what, what are the experiences been like so far? Uh, I think I think the biggest thing that I really enjoy about 
still playing. And to be honest, probably similar to you, and the fact that I never really intended that it would go this way in terms of still playing to learn as a coach. Um, because you know, it wasn't really until I'd done my ACL when I was 23, 24, um, missed two years of the game. And um, I'd done a little bit of coaching stuff um, through school and, you know, as, as I grew up, but I wasn't I wasn't crazily invested in it. And that, that time gave me a bit of a chance to reset and, and find a bit of purpose, really, when you, you miss that Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Mm. Um with your with your mates and you miss that playing that playing um, adrenaline rush that you get and I think the biggest thing that I've started to try and do is is understand the, that emotional connection that you that you can create as a coach with the players and I think still being still being coached gives me that perspective on on both sides of that relationship so mm. um, you know how it feels when a coach is honest with you when they're fair when they're not honest when they're not fair. Um, you know how, how they approach you around success, failure, you know consequence, um, alignment that they use. The, the, these things are things that I'm constantly picking up on, and I think I've been really lucky to have loads of great coaches. Um, you know, and I could I could list them all, and it take me a long time because we're lucky to have such such great coaches over here. But I've also had coaches that have made me feel um, not as good, and I mm. think it's taking the taking the bits that you love and. And parking the bits that you don't love and, and trying to put them into, the, into practice. Um, you know, I I never really enjoyed playing age grade rugby for 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 Scotland, um, and I, I look back and I have real regret. Um, mm. You know, I, I it wasn't because of the coaches or the environment. I just I just felt I felt really scared of mistakes. I, yeah. felt, I felt really scared of of getting it wrong. Um, you know, there are things have moved on a lot in the last ten years, and I think that's definitely changing. But mm-hmm. in, in a certain way, um, you know, holding holding relationships at the core of everything we do, um, trying really hard to create an environment that the kids and the players absolutely love coming back to. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want them to go away and say, you know, I loved playing for Scotland in the eighteens. I, I love training today. Mm. I, I want to come back next time. Um, because if I'm honest, you know, throughout some of the experiences I had, I never felt that way because I was I was apprehensive and I was I was probably a little bit, you know, um, daunted by the whole the whole prospect. So, but that that's been a really positive experience for me. That's the reason I still do it. Um, so, I hope for that. That's a kind of a long-winded explanation. No, that's perfect. Uh, and what about, because I, I definitely relate to that, um, you know, being apprehensive and not wanting to make mistake, and the mistakes, especially in my early 20s playing um, club rugby back in Australia. Um, what? How do you go about that? Do you, what, What's your philosophy on that? Do you feel it's the environment that you and the other coaches create? Uh, is it the personal conversations that you have with the players or is it a mix of the two? Yeah, I think it's... Um I think first and foremost for me, it's before we even start even talking about rugby or any sort of rugby conversations, it's about trying to get to know the, the boys in the team and yeah. in the group. Um, you know, because of the fact, especially in the national context, you're, you're bringing boys together from so many different environments, different mm. backgrounds. Um, you know, private school, public school, club. Um, you know, north of Scotland, south of Scotland, east of Scotland, west of Scotland, and they're so. So different that I think the, the biggest thing that I try and do in a, in a pretty short program is to to try and get to know them first, um, mm-hmm. show them that you care, show them that they, that they can be they can be fearless um, within the program, show them that you're not going to punish them for for trying things, mm-hmm. 
and just just kind of try and relate to them on a personal level, you know. And I think the fact that I've been through it as a player helps a little bit because I can relate to how they're feeling. Um, and I, I, I quite often, you know, elaborate on that to them and explain how I felt and mm. try and show a little bit of vulnerability to them that, that they're not feeling something that nobody else has felt. Yeah, yeah, that would be powerful for sure. Awesome. Um, outside of you as a player, um, growing as a coach and your philosophy, what are, what are some of the other ways that you you you're developing uh, as a coach um you know not excluding like the, the the stuff that comes through uh official formal channels for development how are you doing it informally for your own professional development uh something i'm really passionate about um something i i think probably because of the fact that i've came through an environment where i've been a teacher and mm. um and a coach at the same time i'm really lucky that, that my, da- my dad um was a professional coach with Edinburgh Rugby right. um, when that first started off. So he, he's a really, really positive sounding board for me, and, I, and he's, you know, he's someone I can go to for advice. But he's also, you know, very good at playing devil's advocate and, and challenging me in different things. Mm. Um, so he, he, he's great in, in that respect. He, he probably kind of lit the fire within me to to, to be a to be a coach um, my mum's a, a teacher so I, I kind of had that background as a, as a kid growing up um, but before before all this um, COVID kicked off uh, you know I, I was trying my best to connect with as many coaches in Scotland as possible we're, mm-hmm. we're really lucky that we're quite a small nation um, but it's probably our biggest strength you yeah. know um, was trying my best to get into Edinburgh and Glasgow and, 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 and see what they're doing in those environments uh, really lucky that I've got Gregor Townsend uh, as, a, as, a, as a contact to be able to reach out to. He, he's really, really open to chatting to national age-raised coaches and mm-hmm. every year he'll be presenting to us. Um, so that's someone that is is really great to talk, talk to and some, someone that I'm trying to learn a lot from. Um, on top of that, I, I went over to New Zealand three years ago to visit Auckland Grammar um, and Hamilton Boys High School and, and, and try to shadow a little bit what they were doing uh, and what we can bring back to Scotland and a trip down to Millfield with John Mallet and try to understand how these, these schools are, are, are operating um, and then this time has been the best time I've ever experienced for yeah. that for that learning um, you know I, I've been pretty pretty ambitious in, in trying to try to reach out to as many people as possible um, and to be honest, it's been a little bit like a little bit brave in the fact that the worst that people can say is no. Yeah. Or not answer you. Yeah. 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 You know, and or they don't reply. Yeah. Um, and I understand people are busy, so mm. I've, I've I've had some amazing conversations with people. Um, you know, from guys like Stuart Lancaster, Brian Ashton. Uh, we spoke to Shane Fletcher at Crusaders last week. Uh, just today, actually, I had a great call with Mick Byrne in Australia and. Uh, Pete Hewitt like the Brumbies as well so um, you know it's, it's been a, it's been an amazing couple of, couple of weeks actually and I've I've been I've been really really motivated by that and I've found a real purpose and, and try my best to come out of this um, the best the best I possibly can be um, the biggest issue with that is now starting to disseminate that information and figure yeah. out where, how does that impact my coaching what can I take into my own environment but mm-hmm. um, I've been overwhelmed by the amount of sharing that's went on and the amount of people who've been really keen to, to, to give me their insight and um, you know I just I just 
I've got a real thirst to keep on getting better. Um, and I'm also very aware that I've got so much to, to learn. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying this time to, to do that. Yeah, no, it is uh, one of the one of the side benefits for sure. And if you can really dig yourself into it, um, that's awesome. Um, and it's good that a lot of the a lot of the webinars have been put up on YouTube as well for those who can't tune in because that's that's probably my uh, my challenge with three kids is that I can't yeah. always watch a webinar when I want to. Um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, it's kind of how the podcast uh, operates. Really, I, I have a. I have a two email or two uh, LinkedIn message limit that I'll invite someone on and then I'll I'll loop around and I'll I'll come back and see if they're keen again and if not then you know people are busy no no dramas um, but yeah. the amount of times people say yes it's it's incredible so yeah I'm I'm not surprised you're having that success and and getting that much out of it and like you say the challenge now is when you when you're drinking from a fire hose of information what are you what are you going to do with all that info? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've, I've tried to be pretty diligent in keeping notes. You know, I've, I've kind of had a, a scrap notebook that I've been writing my notes quickly and as, yeah. I, as I'm listening to stuff and then you know, taking a bit of time to, to write that up a bit neater and, and keep a bit of a journal almost. So when I when I do go to the kind of next stage of that, that kind of processing of those conversations is to try and figure out the common themes and figure out what I can, what I can apply, what I can't apply. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I've been trying to be quite deliberate in, in the conversations and um, try to <clears throat> identify areas that I'm, I'm what I want to get better at, you know, um, individual skill skill development, building of environments uh, and a lot of attack specific stuff as well. So it's been great. You know, I had a really good conversation with Andy Friend, who I know has been on mm. a few guys. Yeah. Um, and he was absolutely awesome. And we just spoke purely about, about environment stuff and how he, how he allows his players to to be comfortable in his environment and how he, how he connects with them. So things like that have just been invaluable and I'm, I'm just learning so much. So I'm very fortunate and very grateful for the opportunities I've had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Andy Friend was one of one of my personal favourite uh, episodes. Um, yeah, just really, really enjoyable chat and felt very comfortable uh, talking with him, and which, you know, for a high-profile coach is, uh, that speaks a lot about um, what, what they're doing. So that's great. Um Mentioned in the intro that you're head of rugby at Stuart's Melville College in Edinburgh. What what's right. a what what does that head of rugby role uh, entail? And and you had an awesome season last year, huge success uh, in the Scotland Schools uh, Cup. Can you talk a little bit about what were some of the key key factors that led to that success? Yeah, it's um, again I feel really grateful to be able to work at a place um, like Stuart's Melville. It's uh, it's a it's a long standing. Traditional rugby school in Scotland. Um, there's there's three, three or four big schools in the city in Edinburgh, which have predominantly been the most successful schools um, over the, over the last 20, 30 years. And I've been there for about eight years now, um, and I've been the head of rugby for the last three. About to go into my fourth fourth year, and we we're an all boys school. Um, we have thirty teams across. The year groups from under 10s to under 18, mm-hmm. uh, 450 boys playing, and and within that there's a there's a real range of boys that just want to play. They just want to play with their mates. They mm-hmm. don't want to they don't want to play for Scotland. They don't want to play for Edinburgh or Glasgow. But there's also the other end of that spectrum where there's guys who who do want to play for Scotland. Um, and my role within that within the program is to I think is to 
coordinate all the all the um, coaching and administration um, side of things behind that, and, and, and coach throughout the school from under tens to under eighteens. Um, my, my predominant role is a first fifteen uh, head coach, and that's something I really really cherish. Um, it's something that I really really enjoy. Uh, we've, we've we've had guys like uh, Doddy Weir come through the school. He's yeah. one of our famous alumni, and uh, yeah. obviously the journey that he's gone through at the moment is really inspirational to. To us and to, to everyone in Scotland, really, yeah. but, um, that that connection is still, you know, really fresh at school. And um, my 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 big my big challenge uh, individually is how, how do we how do we create more Dodie Weirs? How do we create more internationals? Mm. Um, so yeah, we, we we had a good season last year. Um, we we were you know we, we worked very hard at, at trying to at trying to achieve what we achieved, um, but. If I'm looking back on it, when it first started, we sat down with the, with the head of sport at school, who I coach with, and um, he's awesome. He, he really, really challenges me, and he, he spoke. So, what, what, what is it? What's the outcome here? What do you want out of this role? And you know, we challenge ourselves to be, be regarded as the number one school for rugby in Scotland mm-hmm. uh, by 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd like to think that we're, we're, we're getting to that stage, but I'm also very, very conscious that we've got a long way to go. Um, we did, we did win the national national conference last year, which is a kind of under thirteen to under eighteen full school tournament, which is great. It was the first time we won that, and we won the under 18s national cup, which is great. But it actually left us feeling a little bit empty, a little bit um, not vacant, but we felt like it, it never felt like we thought it was going to feel. Um, mm-hmm. Probably because we we're aware that one year doesn't make us successful. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so it's really it's, we've got a real drive to, to keep making our program more successful and, and keep pushing it on. Um, there's a lot of really good schools in, in the country, and we, you know, we, we are priding ourselves on, on on not being outworked. That's a kind of motto within the rugby program: is not yeah. to be outworked. Um, and that and that that comes down to coaches and players. Um, so yeah, really lucky to have such great staff to work with and, and players. Uh, I'm quite excited about what the future's. What future holds? Yeah, for sure. And one one of the things you mentioned, you had a chat with Stuart Lancaster, and you know, as we were setting this interview up, you were saying that uh, one of the 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 key points you raised with him was um, you know trying to plan for long term success at your school and basing it around uh, the Leinster model. If you're gonna you're gonna base it off any model, uh, Leinster would be uh, right up there. What what was some of the big uh, big takeaways from that conversation with Stuart? Yeah, that, that was uh, that was awesome. That was uh, you know, we, were, we were really surprised to get a, to get an email back. You know, I, I thought that you, it was a Monday morning, you never you never catch it on a Monday morning usually. So uh, we were we were really fortunate to have that. And you know, we're, we're aware that professional rugby is different to school rugby. Mm. Um, but we're, we're all, I also believe that there's a lot of transferable elements to, um, especially around around your language and your your vision. Um, the, the biggest thing that 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 stemmed from the conversation was that we we were looking to to thrive towards or strive towards consistent excellence and, and we're, we're looking to go back to back um, and then hopefully beyond that and we phrased the question to him is how, how, how have they created an environment at Leinster that, that has allowed them to be successful year on year that's allowed them to you know ask the question how do you go to the Dragons on a Friday night on a wet Friday night with your you know, your perceived second team is still win by 50 points. Uh, what, what is it that you're doing within your system that, that, that's allowing that success to happen? And the biggest takeaway for me was that the importance of, of 
generating a, a full school connection or a full club connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, connecting your under tens to your under eighteens, or in their instance, connecting their academy to their full team. Yeah. Um, and incorporating the players' families, their girlfriends, their friends. Um, you know, and, and then aligning your coaches and your players to the to the vision that you, you've set out, and then you know, holding the players accountable to the to the behaviours that they've that they've um, they, they've created. Mm. Um, so you know, that that was a, the starting point, uh, and that that really got me thinking as to how we can do that. I think it is achievable in, in our context because because of the nature of the school, we've got boys that really do desire to be a first team. We've got really good kids at the top end of the school, and it's just finding ways to to bring these guys closer together and create a bit more of a, a full school purpose that, that, that creates that drive to, to keep kicking on and keep being part of the school um, rugby programme. And the bit I liked the most was Stuart spoke about, you know, how much do you guys want to play for Leinster? Uh, so, you know, what is it that makes guys want to stay for long term? What is it the guys want to get off the ground in the last 20 minutes? Mm. Um, so it's finding a way to connect our... our, our values to, to the players and, and hopefully that'll, that'll bear fruit. Yeah, that's cool and I think there's nothing in that was a, about technical tactical. It was all about values and behaviours and building a family atmosphere uh, which, yeah. you know, is perfect. I taught in an all-boys school for 11 years so it's a perfect environment for that. Any school setting really um, and any club setting if you if you can build a family environment, you don't need... You don't need money to do that. You don't need, uh, you know, technical skills to do that. You just need to do it uh, and and strategize on how you're going to roll that out and then actually follow through. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, put it in. That's 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 the reason we tried to you know go in with that with that sort of question because we were aware that you know some of the <coughs> rugby based stuff we wouldn't be able to transfer as easily, but. Mm. Yeah, you know, the environmental aspects were, were hopefully very transferable, and you know our our biggest aim for the school. And I always spoke about winning before, and I, I don't want to be perceived to to only care about winning. Our, our biggest aim, genuinely, is to is for boys to leave our school as better blokes, um, and for them to be involved in rugby in some yeah. capacity longer term. So, whether that's for Scotland or whether it's for a local third fifteen or a referee yeah. or a coaching. Or even just going to, to the Scotland game once a year in Six Nations. That for us is is you know the, the underpinning things for us are, is are that enjoyment factor and, and the boys loving the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, spot on. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Scotland U eighteen. You you're the attack coach with uh, with uh, that program. How, how's that program work in terms of um, the amount of contact time you get with the athletes and 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 then your role within it how how's your role um around attack work on uh in the in the build up to tournaments and the actual tournaments themselves yeah um again it's something i feel really fortunate to be to have to have a opportunity to to have a cracker um in, t- in terms of connecting with the athletes themselves i've been pretty lucky that i've been through two years with under 16s before this so right. the boys that are now, now in under 18s are guys that have I've got to know pretty well, so that that certainly gave me a bit of a head start in terms of connecting with the boys. Yeah, um, it's a it's a year long program um, officially, uh, but that that incorporates the regional district programs as well. So boys will play in the regions um, for a series of games over the summer that we'll as, as national coaches will watch, um, but not directly input. Uh, they'll then go into the junior Edinburgh and Glasgow. Academy sides that will play in October, um, 
traditionally we haven't been involved in those camps, but this year we have, and that's been a, a really, a really positive move that we've, we've given ourselves three months extra to get started with, with building those relationships. Yeah. Um, so that then moves on to, to Christmas time. We have a, an extended squad camp where we try and pick around 50 players to, to narrow down to a, a 26-man squad that we take to the Six Nations Festival in April. Um, now, th- this year we've been pretty unlucky. We've not, we've not managed to get over to France, unfortunately, because of COVID-19. Um, but we were due to play England, France and Italy over there. Um, and you know, we were really excited by that challenge. Next year, I've still got another year left in my contract with the 18s, so you know, really excited to get back into it again and just hoping that we're able to do that with the current situation. Mm, yeah. And what about are you, are you? Do you run uh, team attack and uh, the backs as well? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think the main responsibilities are, are team attack and, and back attack. Uh, I am pretty lucky that at school I'm, I'm coaching attacking defence and so is our defence coach David Wilson he coaches at another school in Glasgow and he also coaches attacking defence at school so mm. we work pretty closely together and we try not to, to hold them as separate entities and we yeah. work pretty hard in, in the way that we design our sessions to to incorporate both attacking defence without neglecting transition which is obviously the most the most important part to coach so um, you know a, a big a big learning I've had throughout the throughout the process is that you know, you just can't presume that these boys know certain things. I think <laughs> yeah. you the boys get to get to under 18s and they, they know what, you know, scrum defence looks like the first phase or they know what effective counter-attack looks like or they know how to identify space or mm-hmm. scan and communicate. And, um, that's been my biggest takeaway through the process in the last few years. But uh, inversely, not being scared to stretch them and to, to test them whilst you know keeping that enjoyment factor is, is the number one priority and, and trying to connect with the boys on a personal basis throughout it um, mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm really passionate about the attack side of things and I, I really enjoy that role uh, I'm just pretty disappointed you couldn't get back at the national yeah for sure and um, what, what's a session look like that you're going to run in attack How, how's that going to be rolled out um, so for me I you know I, I believe that, that attack itself should should be underpinned by work rate off the ball, um, quality of contacts, effective scanning and communication, and then a real emphasis on core skills, so the catch, pass, run, and kick. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of our sessions will be will be incorporated around those around those areas. Um, you know, a real principle based approach where. Well, yes, we'll give them a framework to work within, um, but. I, I personally don't believe in having rigid structures that, mm-hmm. that will restrain um, creativity. I think at school level, under a team level, it's really important that you give them give them the tools, you give them the framework to operate with them, but you also give them the freedom to, to express themselves. Um, so uh, my kind of ideology and attack is, is, is something we've kind of developed over the last year or so, and we refer to it as two cubed. Yeah. So having two sides, two layers, and two passes. Um, now I'm very aware that that's not always op- not always an option. Um, mm. You're not always going to have two sides to attack from. You're not always going to have to have two layers. You can't always get a second pass. But um, you know, in an ideal world, if we can if we can be threatening on both sides of the breakdown, we can we can create depth in our attack by by having two layers. 
and we can stress teams with a second pass, then we, we, we'll be in a better place as Scottish rugby players because of the profile of our kids. We're usually not the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, then that, that, that game of speed and movement is something we need to go to more often. Um, to, to answer your question around a session, how that might look, um, <clears throat> I think it probably picked up from 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 the conversation is that I think it has to be fun, number yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I generally don't care if it's international rugby or if it's, it's under 10s. I think yeah. it has 100%. to be fun. 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in every session you've got an opportunity to build, to build relationships, build connections, um, and you've got an opportunity to make kids feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, make, 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 them, make them come away thinking, you know, I, I've developed it, I've, I've got better. Um, in, in terms of content, we try our best to to have an element of skill development in every session, an element of decision making um, within the skill development. Trying to create a, a varied approach that, that doesn't become boring, um, mm-hmm. and and, it, and really explain explain the why as to why we're developing the skills so much and, and what the impact's going to be in their, in their wider game uh, within decision making. Trying to trying to paint pictures they might see in the game. Trying yeah. to create situations that are scenario based that that will allow them to make decisions on the fly um, and then again within every session try and try and create some sort of game based approach that will that will stress them physically but, but also mentally that will hopefully replicate the game the, the speed of the game if not mm-hmm. beyond mm-hmm. Um, so that would probably be a, a typical session if, if I had if I had an hour for example um, I think I think the thing I've learned the most, and I think something I was probably scared of as a as a, a young a younger coach, or so younger when I was a few years ago, would probably be scared of, scared to slow the session down. Um, mm. I think we probably we we range pretty regularly across a, the spectrum from low intensity to high intensity. I think it's it's not a bad thing to slow things down to reinforce learning, mm-hmm. um, to create opportunities to to be pretty safe and and, and make. Make mistakes under under less pressure, than, and then banging that straight back into a, a game a game context. Um, so that that probably be a, a typical session, if you like. Yeah, um, perfect, perfect. All right, Stuart, that's awesome. And we always end the show with the same final four questions. When you were a kid growing up in Scotland, who who was one of the first players that you saw playing and and thought, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Uh uh, it's a tough question when you asked. I was thinking, there's so many guys that I thought <laughs> geez, I, I, I was a bit of a rugby geek as a kid. I, think <laughs> I, probably, I probably still am, unfortunately. But um, you know, I, I was lucky, lucky enough to grow up in the, in the days where John Alumu was was yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Uh, obviously, being a, being a kid and being hooked on the PlayStation and John Alumu rugby was a, <laughs> a pretty, a pretty staple part of my day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he was probably the first guy that, that, that connected me to the to the love of the game in terms of a player and uh, probably more positional specific as a standoff I, I, I love Johnny Wilkinson I yeah. loved his his, uh, his mindset and I, I read a lot about him as a kid and mm. um, probably got a bit too a, a bit too uh, connected to, to his way of thinking because it probably I probably never never uh, relaxed as much as I thought I, yeah. uh, I should have looking back because you know he was a very unique individual. So yeah, those sure. are the two guys that, 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 that probably that motivated me as a, as a boy. All right, cool. And what about now? Who are some of the players going around that you you like what they're doing and uh, like the style of rugby they play? 
Uh, I was thinking about it and I thought, how, how can we create a half-back partnership that would be that would be the best in the world? And um, I, I've mentioned Finn Russell before, mm-hmm. um, obviously lucky enough to, to know him pretty well and grew up with him. And he, he's a freak, you know, he, he really is. I just don't think you're going to get many guys like him coming through mm. any country he's he's just uh, ridiculous in what he can do um, you know the ability to make a, a split second decision at the game line his uh, mercurial nature his creative approach to, to the game is just you know awesome to watch uh, and if I could put a scrum half with him I'd love to put Dupont from, from France in there yeah yeah, he's and awesome you those two a crack those are probably uh, the two guys that we're watching the most right now pretty sweet yeah that, that French 9-10 uh, combination is going to blow up in the next World Cup if they stay healthy yeah. they are yeah. they're spectacular yeah. Okay. Awesome. What about coaches? You've been chatting to a bunch of coaches lately. Um, who are some of the high-profile coaches that you like? What they're doing? Uh, again, a tough question because there's so many guys that are that are doing so much great stuff, and I've I said I've been really lucky to learn from loads of them. But I think I think um, I think a lot of people often look outside their own country and think oh, that guy's awesome because he's from somewhere else. But I think I think we're really lucky to have to have Gregor um, Townsend here, and he's someone that I. I've got a huge amount of respect for him. You know, he'd be the guy that um, I'd look to be idolising and, and, and trying to try to recreate what he's what he's managing to do over here. Um, I, I thought, you know, Jason O'Halloran, who's at Glasgow, um, been a huge influence on me as well in terms of the attacking side of things. And, uh, and Callum McCree at Edinburgh has been outstanding as well from a defensive point of view. So I'm really lucky to have all these guys to, to talk to, but... I'd say, I'd say Gregor would be my, my favourite coach if that's the question. Cool, yeah, it sure is. Awesome. And what about, last question, what about someone local in your community that's uh, doing good work in the grassroots that deserves recognition? Um, again, I thought pretty hard about this. There's a, there's a guy who I went to uni with called Stephen Raby. Yeah. Um, he is he's a rugby coach in Ayrshire in Scotland and he's currently just starting a new project on a a rugby club in a, a school community called Auchinleck, really small um, community-based club that are competing with two big powerhouses in the area. But yeah. the bit that I'm loving so much about it is his desire to, to learn. He's, he's completely um, enthralled by this by this movement that they're, that they're trying to create over there. And they're, they're connecting their their local history to, to the school and the club. Oh, wow. Um, a, big, a big coal mining area and... Mm. You know, they're, they're trying to connect that to the to the the hard working um, mindset that these guys had back in the day and how that's mm. created the community they currently live in. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, and I, I'm, I'm loving watching them develop through that stuff, and I'm I'm, I'm chatting to them quite a lot with that. So yeah, he'd be, he'd be the guy that I think deserves a shout out for sure. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah, themes themes can be pretty powerful uh, when building a team, no doubt. All right, Stuart, well, it's been great chatting with you. Um, really enjoyed uh, learning a bit more about Super Six. It's something that I'm definitely interested in, and and love hearing about your coaching journey so far and your your, your coaching philosophy. So, want to thank you for for coming on the show and giving up some of your time. Uh, no worries. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Perfect. Awesome. Cheers. for listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review via iTunes and keep listening for the next episode. You can 
Also follow us via Twitter at RugbyCoachesCNR or via the website therugbycoachescorner.com. Until next time, keep sharing ideas to make the game better.